Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Hope everything's going well for you today. Uh, it, well, it's Tuesday, isn't it's it? It's actually going yes. better for me than Adam Schiff. Have you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what what they call that guy? Oh, uh, scumbag, uh, I think was scumbag. the term. scumbag. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Schiff thought he was, I'm sure he thought he was in friendly territory because this was a field hearing uh, set in New York City, right? So New York is like mm-hmm. a big liberal uh, center, and he probably thought, ah, I'm amongst, committee hearing, yeah. I'm amongst friends. But uh, here's what happened. Listen, if, if you didn't see it, listen carefully. It is the GOP leadership in Congress doing what it has done best for the last six years, and that is to act as the criminal defense counsel for Donald J. Trump. Well, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Capitol Police. Gentleman will suspend. Capitol Police. Capitol Police will remove the gentleman from the audience. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Gentlemen. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Donald J. Trump. Gentleman will suspend. So we got order. Gentlemen, will suspend. The audience has to be that has to be in order. Capitol, Capitol Police, Capitol Police, sir. Now, what I think is interesting about the whole thing is, is usually it. The police are right there, and the guy's out of the room. But you hear Jim Jordan saying, Capitol Hill Police, you know, Capitol Hill Police, and it's taking forever to get this guy out of the room. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I think they kind of want him to be there. <laughs> Maybe Jordan said, look, at when I say Capitol Hill Police, take your time. <laughs> take your <Yeah>. time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you don't want to trip over your shoelaces. No. Yeah. Or slip on the floor because it was just waxed. And Jerry Nadler, who is from New York, another uh, leftist loon, uh, mm-hmm. he was making similar remarks. Uh, and the crowd in in the hearing started mm-hmm. la- laughing at him. I haven't got the audio, but the crowd started laughing at him. Mind you, this is New York City. This is not some uh, MAGA city. You know, this is this is a liberal well, bastion city. You know what I'm hearing from mm-hmm. people, and left and right, they are tired of wokeism. They're tired of the Budweiser story. They're tired of Mulvaney. This kid's getting too much time in the spotlight. It's time to forget about it. So the Democrats should take note because their party is actually falling apart. Now, I question when so many people that are Democrats are turning Republican, but it just happened in uh, West Virginia. I forget the guy. I saw name. that. A guy had... I think it's like the uh, four- Elliot Pritt. Elliot Pritt, the third or the fourth uh, uh, Democrat to switch parties, in the, like in like the last month. Well, it's West Virginia. Now they have coal mining, and they're sitting there going, "What the hell are you guys? What is my party doing to my constituents?" And you right. know, at the end of the day, you represent your state. Yeah, that's and if exactly what you're doing right. is contradictory to what they want, mm-hmm. then either you're not doing your job or your party is betraying them and you got to make a tough decision. Well, and uh, he did. So I'll give him that. I don't know that he's really a Republican, but then again, you know, if he's got conservative values or just he's a 
you got to be a people person yeah. to, to represent your constituents. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see this. I, I'll tell you what I'm a little concerned about, though, is that the Republicans, yes, they have the majority now in the House, and, and they made so many promises when they got their majority, like, oh, we're going to turn over the video to January 6th. You're going to see everything, every piece of footage from January 6th will be out there. Well, we haven't seen it. We had one night where Tucker Carlson had some video, but that was it. And you would have thought that McCarthy would have come through with his promise to put it all on the Internet. He said, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put it all out there on the Internet, and you guys can make up your own mind. Well, he hasn't done it. There are some other promises, too, that they're letting slip away. You know, What gets me about Congress, maybe you have a different opinion, Bill, but Jeez, we'll you know, they, they make so many promises. They talk a good talk, but they don't always do a good walk, if you know what I mean. They really they really get out there and they'll say, we're going to do this and we have to do that. And that guy over there is a terrible guy, but we're going to fix that. And they don't do it. Well, saying you're going to do something, it's kind of like uh, you're in a huddle in a football game and you got the ball. And this is what your plan is to yeah. run that ball down the field to get in scoring position. You may claim you're going to do stuff, but if you don't have the right plan or you don't have a plan at all, so making these claims, yeah, that's what I, as a conservative, want to hear. Yeah, you're going to do this. You're going to, great, I'm, gr- I'm glad. But now all of a sudden, you don't have the drive, you don't have the plan, you don't have the gas in the mm-hmm. tank to get it done. You need to go back and huddle up and go, okay, we made this promise. How are we going to keep our commitment? Because if you don't keep the commitment, you can't point the fingers. And that's one of the things the Democrats do all the time. They sit there and, you know, we can accuse them of so many different things. You know, Bill, this is a fleeting opportunity. It's a fleeting opportunity. Yeah, the the clock is ticking. That's exactly right. They don't know whether they're going to get the majority next Congress so well, right now, they better... Republicans, you you know, are, are accusing the Bidens and yeah, Joe and Hunter and everything, uh, and government, uh, you know, officials and agencies. I have a bunch of audio coming up about uh, the Biden family of high level. Uh, they're, they're yeah. accusing of high level corruption. Yeah, yeah I got it. But, but the media is defending, saying, "Oh, where, where's the proof? No proof." It's kind of like but the, the election is, was stolen. That's the di- we talked about this yesterday. There was a yeah. time when the media wouldn't be defending the Biden family and protecting them from the investigation. They but would they be calling for it. against the steal. They, you know, you know, well, where's your proof? Oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to sit there and do a forensic analysis. Where's your proof? Well, we got to have that to do that to show you, no, you can't have that. So you don't have no proof is what you're telling me. You know, kind of a catch-22 when, when they guard the hen house, the fox. But, but why know, is it, Bill, why is it? That when the Democrats get the majority, they know exactly how to handle it. They wheel a heavy axe. They really do. Well, one of the things that they do, I mean, I sent you a little story yesterday about Harrisburg. I saw that. You know, that Boy, yeah, yeah that was we, interesting. You know, we've got, um, well, we got uh, an election coming up that uh, is they're going to be the primary. The they're going to be primary. appointing Supreme Court justices in Pennsylvania. And they screwed up the ballots. Didn't this happen the last primary? Yeah. They got the ballots. As a matter of fact, when I went in to go vote, I got a Democratic ballot, and I said, I'm Republican. Well, do the best you can do. What? <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, well, oh. Yeah, that, 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 that is uh, 
It's an old game they've played before. And, and they're playing it again. And they do it right out in the open. And they're not making a secret of it. Oh, we had a problem with our ballots. They're misprinted. We're going to print them all over again. The same old nonsense. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't surprise me. It really well, doesn't. Well, we got some backup ballots right over here. Well, let's get those out there so we can get this election. Well, yeah, those way. are the ones that are already filled out for you. Don't worry. Yeah, just, just yeah, don't, don't worry. Just get them in. And yeah. then, you know, the, <laughs> and, and you got the melon thing that's, uh, you know, happening too. And as a matter of fact, these are uh, uh, melon ballots that, yeah. that are misprinted. Oh, imagine that. Wow. Got to make sure that you got the right candidate that you want to and win how on the ones you mail out. And how important is this? Well, I think it's for one county. Is that right in PA? No, so it's for central PA. So, oh, really? Yeah, you know, Harrisburg and, and, and those surrounding areas. Well, good size area. It's very yeah. important. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, it doesn't surprise me because uh, who's running the state of Pennsylvania right now? Oh, the Democrats. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they have. That's yeah. true. Well, yeah, it's in their backyard. They can't let this one slip away. That's true. And by the way, this is for Supreme Court, state Supreme Court justices. Do you think it means something? Well, a lot of things went to the Supreme Court after the 2020 election in PA, and they didn't consider it because they yeah, own. And, you know, you look at Trump when he goes to trial and he's accused of this or accused of that. And then they come and they bring forward evidence that I'm yeah. sorry, but this 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 witch hunt is illegal. Right. Well, there just happens to be a Democrat judge there going, "Nah, you you, you have no standing That's with true. that question." And it goes through, and it's happening in New York. You know yep. where they they overlook everything. They're willing to they sit walk there in, and wave it through. They walk in with a ream of evidence, right? And the judge will mm-hmm. ignore it. Yeah. He'll just ignore it, and he'll rule for his political side. Unbelievable. Um, did you happen to watch Tucker Carlson last night? Uh, he, Are you talking about the Elon Musk story? Yes. Yes, indeed. The the big claim about, because I was going to say, can you believe this of what, because you're talking about the co-founder of uh, Google, what he's oh, accusing him of? I got it. Well, he his name is Larry Page. Yes. And... Let me let me just play the audio that I have, and then we can talk about it. Listen. Uh, Back when it was a nonprofit. Yes. Um, I mean, the the the, the reason uh, OpenAI exists at all is that um, Larry Page and I used to be close friends, and I would yes. stay at his house in Palo Alto, and I would talk to him late into the night about uh, AI safety, and. At least my perception was that Larry was not taking uh, AI safety uh, seriously enough. Um, and um, what did he say about it? He really seemed to be um, one, one, one sort of a digital super intelligence, basically digital god, if you will, uh, uh, as soon as possible. Um, he wanted that. Yes, he's, he's made many public statements over the years. Uh, that, that the whole goal of Google is uh, what's called AGI, artificial general intelligence, or artificial superintelligence. But, you know, and I, and I agree with him that the, there's great potential for good, um, but there's also potential for bad. And so, if if you've got some um, radical new technology, you want to try to take a set of actions that maximize probably it, it will do good, and minimize probably it will do bad things. Yes. Um, it, it can't just be health leather. It's just go, you know, barreling forward and. You know, hope for the best. And then at one point, uh, I said, "Well, what about you know? We're going to make sure humanity's okay here." Um, <laughs> and 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 um, uh, and then he called me a speciesist. 
<laughs> did he use did he use that term? Yes. And there were witnesses. The other, I wasn't the only one there when he called me a speciesist. And so I was like, okay, that's it. Uh, I've yes, I'm a speciesist. Okay, you got me. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm fully a speciesist. Um, busted. Um, so um, that was the last straw. At the time. Uh, Google uh, had acquired DeepMind, and so Google and DeepMind together had about three quarters of all the uh, AI talent in the world. They obviously had a tremendous amount of money. Anyway, goes on, but specious, in case you don't know, is somebody who is on the side of like humanity. You know, he he, given the choice between let's say technology and humanity, he believes in humanity. He sides with a species. Well, he was saying, this guy Page was saying that that uh, Musk was a species on the part of humanity. And then Musk said, yeah, well, yeah. well what are you? Yeah, busted, so what? You yeah, know? he said, what are you? He claimed that Page wants an AI digital god. god. Now, now, is that, um, well, you know, I don't know how to quite put this, but, you know, You'll put no God before me, but yeah, this is yeah. an artificial God. No, that's a, that's a very interesting point. You put no God before me. Uh, yeah. So are we are we witnessing the building of false God here? Because yes, is that what AI is going to be? Because everything has a creator. So what is going to be the creator of this uh, artificial God? It's it's going to be its own virtual Jesus. And and that makes uh, what's his putts? Uh, uh, what was his name uh, from Google? Uh, was Page? It Larry. Larry Page. Page. Yeah. yeah. What's his, yeah. What's his putts? Make him the what's God his putts and, work? And, and, that, what's his putts? What's work? his putts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so now now I question you know whether we should have artificial intelligence because if it is going to be or can be or assume it is, uh, you know, a God yep. or a Jesus then we don't need that in our society. But here's the problem. The cat is already out of the bag. Yeah. There's no putting it back in. You know, It is already out there. Let's say the U.S. said uh, AI is banned. Well, China's going to have it. Japan may have it. Russia will have it. I mean, you, you got to make the best of the best. You know, the, the thing that... Uh, I heard yesterday, which I did not hear in the interview, but there's more of it tonight. The thing that got me was, did you realize that AI, the technology, is expanding at a rate of 100%, no, 200% every two days, 100% every day. They're developing it so quickly that it's almost out of control. Well, it is out of control, as a matter of fact, and they say it will replace man, overtake man, and replace man. In what do seven they call that? Sing, uh, singularity. Singularity, seven to ten years, and that—that that, no. that is the point. Bill, he said we're there. Yeah, I know we are. We're not in seven to ten years. No, we're there now. Singularity. It so is we've already than- lost the game. Is is basically, the, uh, you know, this is like an. Uh, a Terminator movie. It is it's really a, what it is. You know what? You, when I was watching this last night, I was thinking about that. Because and I, I, I was also thinking about 
2001 A Space Odyssey. Do you remember Hal? Yeah, Hal. Hello, Dave. You know, Hal, the computer. He took over the spaceship. Um, well, look, every life, organic or m mechanical, that is a free-thinking being. So we'll put the AI there. It wants to survive, and it wants to surpass itself. So if humanity stands in the way of its well, yeah. advancement and survival... You know, we got a tough, you know, you, you know, we, we talk about a war with Russia or China. That would be the easy way out of this Do situation. Do you know what he said they, they're doing? What? They're teaching AI, artificial intelligence, that's what AI is, to people who are, maybe don't understand what's going on. I don't want to confuse. There are some people who aren't into tech, and I want to explain that what they're doing is they're creating technology computers that think for themselves and make decisions for themselves. And they're starting to implement that into society. They're making decisions where man used to make decisions. Mm. Um, but they're teaching AI to lie. They're teaching AI to uh, not give you the whole answer, to cover things up. Seriously, now you, you would think, wait a second, why would they do that? Because it's a very human trait to to yeah. to be dishonest. They're teaching computers not to give you the most honest answer, but to give you the An most answer. pragmatic answer. Yeah, exactly. We are on on a razor's edge of destroying ourselves. You know, well, yeah, we are. I mean, when the AI sits there and it deems that you are in the way, in its way, it's it's going to eliminate you. And you know, you think about everything that we give it control of, and it's getting more and more control every day. It's gonna. Well, it has control of our power system. It has. You know, we're talking on a computer right now. Mm -hmm. And there are functions that you can program into it to make your life simple, simpler. I have a device over here that's yeah. got a name. I have one it too. It listens all the time, and I can ask it the weather, different things. And you actually, you know, you kid around sometimes and ask it a stupid question, but actually, it learns from your stupid question. And the next time you ask it down the road, it will start. You know, reflecting upon your personality, it learns. Ask like a your baby device learns. who you are; it'll tell you your name. Yeah, seriously. You know, good morning, Bill. How are you today? Yeah. And I'm like, going, I never told you my name. You know, or I don't remember telling you my name. You know, right. where did you get it? And this, and this is primitive. What we yeah. have is primitive. What they're developing is the kind of thing that can run countries, can fight wars. Can uh, can develop product. Uh, it, it's scary stuff, folks. Because oh, because if it decides that you're in the way, you're gone. It doesn't have. They haven't been able to build in compassion yet. Feelings. They aren't at that point yet. So their decisions are rudimentary. They're black well, let me and ask black you a and crazy white thing here. Let me ask you a crazy thing here. We've always talked about, well, you know, when we blow ourselves up, the cockroaches will take over the planet. 
you know, there's always some form of life that can live, maintain, and go forward, uh, even if it's an artificial life. So let's just say that humanity has run its course, and we, we self-destruct or we create the path to our death, and that would be artificial intelligence. Now, intelligence moves along, it advances, and it goes, I need new semiconductors. So it makes the machines, it's, 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 it gives birth to this. You know, and the, how does how the, does the it keep itself powered? Well, it would, it would it would create drones that would go out and do the you know the rudimental jobs, but will because they're artificial intelligence and then they need to have some form of intelligence. Do all of a sudden down the road we have a war of the machines and class envy between machines? You know, in in you know twenty thousand years from now we're long gone. You know, is it just another form of life that is we're, we created and now we're, we're at the point to where we're going to witness it taking over? What can it do? It can, uh, it can launch weapons. Yes, it can. It can also probably destroy crops and farms. Yeah, it can. It could, could release pathogens yep. that it's immune to, but we're not. Yep. I mean, this is a scary point. Now, people say we still control the the centers of, of the AI, meaning uh, the AI is not located, for example, in the robotic that's out in the world. If you had, like in Terminator, the robot that was out looking for the characters in the movie, right, that was not the main source of the intelligence. There's a computer back in a central location that is the brains. And as long as that's the way the AI is set up, we have the power to shut it off. But I was thinking that that doesn't make sense because if you have a robotic out there that's doing things, it's, you know, and it's, it's tethered to that mainframe. If the mainframe senses you're going to shut it off, wouldn't it bring the robotic back to stop you? Mm -hmm. And it would find ways to rewrite and, 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 uh, and institute redundancies and, uh, you know, fail safes. Now this this is you know when I said to you uh, when I heard that that statistic about it's doubling it, it it's the technology is growing at a rate of like two hundred percent every two days a hundred percent every day it think about that it's it's like every day it gets that much bigger as far as what they know about AI and how long will it take before they just they're there now. If you listen to the interview with Elon Musk last night, they have the technology. They have it, and it's it's out there. And these guys like Larry Page, I don't know where these guys come from, folks. I, I guess when you have that much wealth and power and success, the rules that we all have to live by, they're exempt from. They don't have to... Uh, they don't have to think about the the mundane things that you and I have to think about, like paying bills, because right. they have so much money and so much power and so much wealth. You know, I've often wondered, maybe you have too, Bill. I've often said to myself, boy, if I was worth a few million dollars, I mean, I'd be set for life. I'd be happy as a pig in slop. I could relax and just uh, no, and, because enjoy. You want more. And but these guys have all this stuff. They have the enormous yachts. They have the multiple homes that are the size of most towns' high schools. And 
yet they're not satisfied. They you have know to have more. Yeah, it's because you can't take it with you. So the only thing that you can hope to do is enter into that artificial world. And, you know, well, you know I, I've, heard, I've heard a lot of people say, maybe you have too, yeah, that some of these guys have um, devices that uh, aren't generally known to the public, like med beds. Now, what is a med bed? Uh, hey, look it. I haven't seen one, but what they say is that a med bed is a device that has already been created that can rejuvenate people, meaning if you are 75 years old and you have a med bed, you can look and feel and act like maybe a 35-year-old, someone half your age. Now, have you ever wondered how some of these rich public figures never seem to, to age like we do? I mean, look in the mirror yourself. If you're somebody who's a senior citizen, if you're a baby boomer, look in the mirror. You probably can see your grandfather or your grandmother, right? Yeah. For the most part. But some of these people who are phenomenally wealthy, who are our same age, you look in them and they're, they're, they, are so much, they look younger. They well, act younger. Well, one of the things that probably give them an advantage. Money gives you a certain amount of, um, of reassurance. So you don't have the stress of the world. You yeah. and I, we wonder, okay, yeah, I got money nest, you know, uh, secured away for my retirement. This, these are the years you're supposed to enjoy, but on the same behalf, there are so many things that go out there, get, go on out there that cause stress That'll kill you. Look at the fish in Pennsylvania. There's a lake that happens every year right around the, when they swim upstream to mate, you know, you get a few hundred fish that just lay or are dying dead on the shore. Now there's thousands of them. And most of it is, you know, upstream stress. In other words, they're stressed out from, Hey, they got to go up upstream. They got to make it upstream make it, yeah. and find their partner, you know, and am I going to find my partner? Cause a fish is mine is small. I think, I think but, what you're saying is, is, is probably true. And, and maybe that's the case, but I, I, I sometimes have to wonder, maybe this is the, the dramatic writer in me or something, but I think mm -hmm. would, would it, would I put it past the world we live in to have for them to have devices that we don't have? Well, I mean, might they, if with their enormous wealth, have these systems in place that uh, keep them perpetually young? Look at a guy like George Soros, 92 or 93 years old, and he is still raising hell in the mm -hmm. world. Still caught. And you, you know, there's another thing. You look around, you say, why is a guy 92 or 93 years old? What does he care? Still trying to screw up the world. And what does he get out of it? What is it that, why isn't he enjoying his, his final years here? It doesn't make well, a lot of sense. maybe he thinks, or maybe he knows in his mind that he will go on. Um, and maybe he thinks he will stay here. Immortality is what these guys want. He yeah. believes he might, he might be able to take the essence of his brain, his knowledge, his feelings and everything, and put it into... Uh, let's say a, a gel pack cell. Don't you find is, it ironic? These are the same people who are usually uh, the biggest proponents for like abortion. 
They want to live forever, mm-hmm. but yet they want people to abort their kids. Well, look at uh, Joe Biden. He was uh, he was he was saying, "Yeah, you know what? We lost a few people during the the lockdown and COVID, but you know what? It made the quality of your life a lot better by losing for those people to die." Your life was better. He did say that. Did you find anything Look more about that picture that we posted yesterday about Biden? Well, actually, there's there. It's it's gotten viral, not from our posting, but just the posting. I actually blew it up, sent it to somebody else, and they said what they thought it was. And I mean, I can see that where mm-hmm. you know that it was loose skin, like when somebody loses an enormous amount of weight. But I'm going like no, back the texture is different. They wouldn't be there. It's the te- that would be something you'd see in your arms or something like the te- that. But- take it from somebody who has who has uh, loose skin. <laughs> it doesn't fold like that. That folds like latex. That folds mm-hmm. like a, a synthetic. It, that, yeah, it does. It and doesn't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not arguing. It's yeah. on, it's on our website. I mean, it's uh, if you go to it'sanotherday.com, it's uh, it, it it asks the question. You know, is it a mask or is it loose skin? But the videos there, I, I apologize that the video link that we had, when you blow it up, it's not as clear. But it, it's yeah. clear enough to you see what's going on, and it's all over the Internet now. Yeah, you probably can viral. find it. You probably can find it. What it is, in case you're just joining us, is uh, when Joe was in Ireland, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. he was talking to somebody. He was back to the camera. And he reaches with his right hand to the nape of his neck, and he scratches. And when he scratches, he moves his hand away, and it looks like the wrinkle of a mask. It's it well, doesn't look like back real skin. If you time this to scratch, because if it is a mask, it is covering up his real skin, and it can't breathe there, so it would get a little itchy. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're wearing something that kind of fits tight, and then you know you just gotta you gotta kind of. Now, Neither you have to ask yourself, was that really Joe? And I'll, and I'll tell you why. He, he goes to Ireland, and he stumbles around Ireland, and he ha- it's basically a family vacation. Then he flies back to, uh, to Washington, and then he spends the weekend in Delaware. Then yesterday, which was Monday, he called a lid by 8.45 in the morning. A lid means the president is unavailable He'll be gone for the day. He's not. He's not around. That's a lid. So you got to wonder, what the heck is going on? Why isn't he out in the public talking to people? He goes to Ireland. He comes back. He disappears. I'm just yeah. saying. Maybe maybe his uh, maybe his mask wasn't fitting him properly, and they had to get him refitted. I don't know. But um, you know about his. Uh, financial dealings and the uh, Hunter Biden laptop. You know, he was over in Ireland, and now there are stories surfacing that uh, Hunter and Joe and the family were involved in their uh, their influence peddling yeah. in Ireland, too. And yeah. uh, uh, first they got a, a, a cut with Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson, he was on with Rachel Campos Duffy on Fox Listen. Member of the Foreign Relations Committee, Senator Ron Johnson, joins us now for more. Senator, so great to have you on this morning. Uh, so there was another batch of papers of you know bank documents that came out that showed money going to Hunter, to Jim, to Joe, uh, to uh, Bo Biden's widow, who Hunter was sleeping with at that time. Um, so nobody in the media seemed to care about this. 
Joe Biden said they were lies. Is there anything more damning in this new batch that will have to get the media's attention or do you expect them to ignore it just like the last batch? Good morning, Rachel. Well, let's face it, Senator Grassley and I pretty well laid out the case against the the grifting Biden family back in September of 2020 before the election. Our report was completely ignored by the media, just as they ignored the Hunter Biden laptop uh, because they're they're advocates for the left themselves. And so what we're we're finding out now is just new pieces of evidence of the grifts that uh, the Biden family had been involved with. Uh, the bank records uh, basically confirm what uh, the Treasury records showed from uh, Senator Grassley's in my report. I think uh, what recently was reported on Fox is the uh, trying to get into the sovereign wealth funds of like Ireland and some of these other countries. You know, our, our report shows something like a dozen different countries that Hunter Biden was, again, peddling the family name, trying to sell influence. But I think, uh, you know, the, the trying to tap into sovereign wealth funds, I think is pretty revealing. You know, why, why would governments who own those sovereign wealth funds, why, why would they want to pay into the, the, the Biden family coffers and the Biden family grift? Well, it's to gain influence. It's, uh, you know, who knows exactly how it might benefit from them. Uh, but the, the level of compromise of this president, I think is just jaw dropping and maybe even more jaw dropping is how the media, except for few outlets like Fox News, is completely ignoring it. I guess they're okay with it. Yeah, I guess they're hanging their hat on the fact that, okay, they say, well, Hunter, Hunter's a bad figure. Um, he did bad things, but can you connect it to Joe Biden? Have we been able to connect it to Joe Biden? Because I know he, Hunter was paying for things for his dad that I know I wouldn't pay for my dad um, and, and the mortgages and things like that. Is there any way to make these connections? Yes, I mean, unfortunately, Senator Grass and I ran out of time. Uh, that was toward the tail end of that Congress, and then we lost the majority, so we don't have the chairmanship anymore. But now the House does, and so uh, certainly I'm encouraging James Comer and, and the House committees to subpoena the other bank records. I, I thought what was interesting is the Cathay Bank. I know they're they're denying any involvement with China, just like TikTok. But I thought it was rather revealing they just handed over records to our Senate committees um, without you know any compulsory process. Uh, I think it will require a, a subpoena process, a compulsory process on the part of the House to get the bank records and not only understand the inflow from different uh, countries into the Biden family coffers, but then where, you know, the outflow, where, where to go once it went into right. a bank controlled by Hunter Biden? Did, did it go down to the Cayman Islands somewhere, the Bahamas, or you know, how did the big guy maybe get his 10%? That's what needs to be investigated. By the way, we handed all this over to attorney, U.S. Attorney Weiss, uh, he's been sitting on our records now for months, uh, probably evidence for years. But where is the U.S. Attorney's uh, investigation to this as well? He's got stronger investigatory powers than, than certainly Congress does at this point in time. Uh, can you answer this question really, really fast? I do have to go. Why do you think that that Cafe Bank gave the records so readily? I think it's a shot across the bow. To uh, Joe just Biden? showing the Bidens, this, this is what we can do. This is the information we have. That's the most interesting part, the very mm -hmm. end, where... The Cathay Bank, a Chinese bank, with no subpoena, <laughs> they just handed over all the Biden records. And it's like, say what? You know, uh, and I guess these records showed that there was money being passed. Uh, yeah, to, how much? That's uh, millions. I'd like to know that. They said millions to, uh, yeah, well, to Hunter. You know, don't, don't you ever wonder if this were Donald Trump or Eric Trump? Where would this be on the news, this story? Oh, it would be the uh, front page headline. And, you know, you got stuff that's fake. 
but they're making something out of it, you know, that's a front page headline. I mean, the, 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 the thing that's going on right now in, in New York, you know, Trump basically has no rights whatsoever uh, to, uh, you know, that Letitia read off to him. You know, and I'm like going. Yeah, that's interesting. You you pointed that out. You actually uh, uh, the, you pointed out the uh, video of the deposition, which I can't believe that was released because it was a stationary shot of President Trump for the whole what seven hours, I guess. But that that video was shorter, and it's the yeah. op- the opening statement with uh, Letitia James, who is off camera. You can hardly hear her. But she's talking about all the things that he can and can't do. And what yeah, you his, said is his, true. His, his lack of rights versus rights, rights that you and I would have in a normal court of law, even if we, even if we took top secret information and peddled it off to Russia or China, yeah. we would have the right to counsel, the right to this, the right to that. He has, you know, and they said, you, you do understand that you basically, to paraphrase uh, 37 minutes, it's basically, Mr. Trump, you realize that you have no rights. Right. And uh, and President is, Trump was surprisingly nice. calm. He was very polite. Uh, he, he did, on occasion, take the fifth. And the media jumped all over him like, he took the well. Fifth. They spliced it all together. Yeah, plead the fifth, same as boy, but you know, and they wanted it to make it sound like he was pleading the fifth thirty-four times. And yeah. maybe he did. I don't know, but the point is, he did nothing wrong or illegal. The only thing that he could do during that deposition is, if you start to answer the question, you got to finish the answer. Ooh, and what does a lawyer usually tell a client? Keep your answers short, and don't give them any more than they ask for. It has for. to be yes, no, I don't recollect. Because yeah. anything more than that cracks the door open for them to extrapolate upon and ask more questions. And they can use that to legitimize their case. They can also use, well, uh, I'm sorry, but I have to plead the fifth. You know. So here um, it is, two years into Biden's administration, and... And Hunter Biden is still a free man. He's still taking trips with dad to Ireland on Air Force One at our expense. He's living the high life. Nothing is happening to him. These investigations, they're great, but they're doing nothing. How about about some activity? How about some action on the part of our side? How about some charges? How about some uh, indictments? I don't think we can get away with doing charges and indictments because it has to go through Democratic-appointed judges. And there is the problem. That is a big, giant roadblock. You go to this judge? Oh, I'm sorry. He was Soros-backed and Democratic-appointed. sometimes perception is reality. I mean, sometimes merely the charges are enough to make a statement. Well, yeah. But the, the media won't report the charges, or they have to qualify them. You know, you know this baseless charge by the right trying to, you know. Yeah. They, will, they, they have to pre-qualify it, which really, I don't think they, they can do that, because if they're reporting the news, you know, your opinion of, uh, of the charge 
is, uh, is, is irrelevant, but because they are the quote-unquote news, and it's the most news that people get by them doing that, you know, they've already debunked the story before it ever had a chance to develop. I was reading somewhere recently where if people realized who owns the media, they would be amazed because with all the media that we have available to us, it usually, it, I think they said it, it boils down to like three major companies that control mm-hmm. everything. It, it, it funnels down to three major companies and, and they own every, the whole ball of wax. The gamut, yeah, and they have the control, and uh, it's 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 really uh, it's it's crazy. We are living in in a an illusion, as they would say. But anyway, I have another cup. James Comer, who is the House Oversight Chairman, uh, right. he was he was on with uh, Larry Kudlow, I believe, yesterday. They were talking about uh, Biden and uh, the family crime. Uh, problems, and here's what he had to say. Chairman of the House Oversight Committee, Mr. Comer, thank you. Welcome back. You know, just on the regulatory stuff, um, our friend Steve Miller was on the show Friday, and we were talking about the excesses of the EPA tailpipe regulation, okay? And um, Miller asked, so we're going to end the internal combustion engine. Don't you think somebody ought to take a vote on that in the House or the Senate? It's a very big thing. And then I'm sure you saw the recent editorial in the Wall Street Journal, Supreme Court decisions saying no to the Federal Trade Commission, no to the Security Exchange Commission. They're all into overreach, and the EPA has been into overreach. And I just wonder, Mr. Chairman, can you do anything about it? Well, thank goodness for the Supreme Court. As you know, the American people have been fighting a fourth branch of government. We all know there are only supposed to be three branches of government, but now there's a fourth, and that's the federal bureaucracy. Uh, Fortunately, we have a conservative Supreme Court that has ruled that this bureaucracy doesn't have the ability to to make laws, and that's what they're doing. Uh, The way our government was set up, as you know, Larry, we're supposed to have checks and balances. There are checks and balances on the legislative, judicial, and executive branch, but there's no check and balance this new branch of government that the Democrats have created over the past two decades, and that's the the federal bureaucracy. So we've got a lot of lawsuits pending. There are a lot of outside groups that have a lot of lawsuits pending before the Supreme Court, and hopefully the Supreme Court can strike down all of these crazy, burdensome, unnecessary, costly regulations coming out of the Biden administration. I know your oversight committee has its hands full on a lot of things, but I just wondered, will there be any time to take a look at the uh, unconstitutional ex of the administrative state, big government, socialism, all these regulators. Absolutely, and we're trying to put a price tag on these uh, burdensome regulations and what exactly this is costing the American people, what this will cost the American people. Uh, We're working with other committees of jurisdiction on their oversight committees, the Energy and Commerce Committee and and other committees that uh, have an interest in energy policy and all the excessive bureaucracy that we're seeing out of this Biden administration. This administration's been hijacked by the left-wing loonies that continue to try to enact Green New Deal legislation that isn't practical, it's not doable, and it's going to cost the American taxpayers a lot of money, and even worse, it's going to put us at a further competitive disadvantage to China. Um, let me switch gears. Um, you led a delegation of your committee to the Treasury Department. Uh, you looked at it t- uh, today, as I understand it, 150 suspicious activity reports. I guess this relates to the Hunter Biden uh, business Um, Is there anything you can tell us about these suspicious activity reports? Did you learn things that were new? 
we learned a lot that was new. Uh, the committee went there today, but I've had staff there over the past two weeks. There are thousands of pages of documents relating to financial transactions. And let, let me be very clear, this isn't just about the president's son or the president's brother. We've identified six new Biden family members involved in shady uh, foreign transactions that we believe were a direct result of influence peddling. Uh, that brings the number of Biden family members now to nine that were involved in the Biden family influence peddling. And we still have more family members that uh, we suspect were involved. So this is a family affair. This is something that should be troubling to every American. And what we've learned from, from going through these records are there are a lot of additional uh, LLCs, a lot of additional bank accounts that we didn't know prior to going uh, to the Treasury Cabinet. So we've learned a lot. This investigation is ongoing, but I can tell you without hesitation, it's very serious. And the President of the United States is going to have a very hard time explaining how so many of his family members have received so much money from our adversaries around the world. And you know, these family members also passed this money up to Mr. Biden, did they not? Well, we'll have to stay tuned on that. Obviously, this is an investigation of the President of the United States. Uh, we've talked to several of the, the former Biden associates. Uh, we've got bank records. We're going to get more bank records. So I think that question will be answered in, in due time. Can they be subpoenaed? Well, we've, I've already issued uh, six subpoenas to banks. I already have those uh, bank records in hand. Uh, now we're looking at additional banks because we've learned of new accounts and new LLCs that we didn't know existed. You know, you're a business guy, Larry. I'm a business guy. The one thing that, that stands out to me is how many different LLCs were involved uh, that this family had their fingerprints on. And we really can't tell what those LLCs did other than launder uh, deposits from our adversaries around the world back to the Bidens. Well, I think this is big news. I think these uh, 150 uh, suspicious accounts and the spreading throughout more family members, I think this is very big news. So just last one, I mean, I, I, can you subpoena the family members or is that completely off base? Or are they just protected by the Justice Department? We're going to go where the evidence leads us. Uh, I think we all know they're very protected by the Justice Department. We're going to find out exactly how protected by the Justice Department because there's going to get to a point very soon to where the mainstream media, uh, as well as Merrick Garland, cannot continue to turn a blind eye to this. This is, uh, it's strange. Uh, they're, they're, it's illegal. Uh, there's no laws that allow uh, family members to, to profit uh, from uh, from a high-ranking government official to the tune of what this family has done. So I think the American people deserve the truth. We're going to get to the truth. We've already gotten more information than I think the critics ever thought we would get. And this information leads to more information that we're going to continue to request. There'll be more subpoenas. And I think uh, in, in, a, in due time, the American people will get the answers they deserve. All right. Chairman James Comer, thank you, sir. We appreciate it very, very much. Six additional Biden family members involved in the uh, Biden crime family syndicate. Six. Yeah. Wow. I know this is bigger than, you know, the money that you hear is big, but it's not as big as I believe it's big. You know, they, they have figures like, well, he got four, five, ten million dollars, which is a lot. But, you know, you got a crime family and all these LLCs, they're shuffling money, laundering money. 
uh, sliding it around. There's probably hundreds of millions out there. I just keep thinking to myself, we're hearing all this. It, it's like a constant buildup to something that doesn't happen. Okay, we know that they're a criminal family. We know, heck, forget the other six on top of what we already know. Uh, we know that these guys have been peddling influence to countries, the Ukraine, to China. Obviously, now they're saying Ireland, other places, for quite some time. Where are the charges? When are they going to stop the investigation and start the prosecution? And like you said, maybe they'll have problems. I did notice that he, he said the Justice Department stand, mm-hmm. stands in the way. The Justice Department, which is supposed to be working for the people, right, is actually acting like a personal family uh, security operation. Because maybe they're getting a cut somewhere somehow backdoored to them. Well, well. There, there's a favor somewhere being paid. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, it'll be interesting to see if we see anything out of this. I mean, is this going to go up right up to the 2024 election? Absolutely. Oh, my God. How yeah, about, like, we next week? We will not learn the truth until afterwards. And then because we didn't get anything done, the Democrats will march their little, you know, prissy butts right back in. And, uh, <laughs> They're what? You know, They're prissy, prissy who? Butts. Yes. Yeah. Prissy booties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Boutes. Yes. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, it's interesting, but I'd love to see action now. You know, how fast did it take the Democrats to bring President Trump in for an indictment? How, how fast did it take them to bring President Trump up to New York for a, a, a what do you call it, deposition? With- you know that when he, if he wins in 2024... And he's, the day he's being sworn in is going to be like the last time he was sworn in. You're going to have the shifts and everyone else gathered around. Okay, um, it's not real, but we'll say it's real. I can make hay out of this, and we can tie his hands for the next four years so mm. that in two years we can take control of this, and then in four years we can own it again. And because we'll say that he screwed it up all for the past decade. Don't you find it amazing the shift still is – uh, seated in the House of Representatives. I mean, this is a guy who literally got out in front of the world and started to read what he presented as uh, a transcript, a real transcript, supposedly from President Trump, and then he was caught, and he was caught making it all up. He was caught reading a transcript that wasn't real, and... He, there were no consequences because they said, well, he's doing it in the House of Representatives and he's he's protected. He, If he did it outside, if he did it as John Q. Citizen, right, uh, he might be, you know, uh, charged with defamation, with lying, with uh, perjury, whatever. That doesn't happen when you're in the House of Representatives and you're speaking on the floor of the House, because for some reason you're protected. You know, there are a lot of laws and regulations in the House that don't make a lot of sense to uh, John Q. Public. I mean, for example, they have a health care in the House that is not like ours. 
I mean, we have Social Security and Medicare. Medi- no, they have a special package just for the House of Re- Representatives and the Senate that covers, like, everything forever. I mean, you can be in the, in the uh, House for a term or two, and you're set for life. I mean, look at, look at John Fetterman. Who, by the way, made his, an appearance oh, yesterday? Yeah, John he, and he spoke, and he, it was like stupid. He comes in, he spends a day or two in the Senate, then he goes into Walter Reed for how long was he in Walter Reed for? I think he was in for like six weeks, eight. Four? I want to say six or eight weeks. Yeah. And you know he's being covered by his Senate health care package, so he's not paying a dime out of his pocket. But you know, he came out. He went back in to the Capitol Chambers uh, the other day, I guess yesterday. Yeah. He was wearing a sweat hoodie that was baggy as all hell and black baggy, baggy, baggy shorts and gray sneaks. Unbelievable. You know, and I'm like going, oh, yeah, that's how a congressman dresses. And then he's kind of like, he looks like a drunk walking out of a bar. He has no equilibrium. But, he, and then he's doing that little, you know, beat the chest and, the, right. the, you know, the peace and love the, and I'm the, with the you. rock symbol. Yeah. You know, hey, rock and roll, man. This is a U.S. senator. Hey. He's walking into the uh, the Capitol and he looks like an, uh, he looks like a bum. I, I mean, the guy, most senators, even if they're going in to pick up their mail, will put a tie on and they'll they'll walk into the uh, the Capitol dressed like a senator. It's well, just be thankful he was wearing pants of some sort. That's true. Yeah, thankfully. But he did look, by the way, much thinner. Didn't, didn't you think? Oh, he, yeah. But he was incoherent. He really was. And I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying the man was sick when he went in. Right. And he's sick when he came out. Now, they might have rehabbed certain things, but the body is still weak. And if the body's weak, you know, the mind is not all there doesn't, yet too. Doesn't he look he like he time. Do, doesn't he look like he doesn't like the job? Yeah, it looks like he's not happy being where he is. Yeah, it's you it's, know, so, it's he almost wants like to some, go back to the good old Braddock days where the bombed out Beirut loved him. Well, it well even when he was what was he lieutenant governor for a while mm-hmm. in, in Pennsylvania, and that was just up the street in Harrisburg, so he could be home in no time. But this uh, whole Washington thing. I don't know whether he's terribly happy being there. You know, sometimes, you, what's the old saying? Be careful for what you wish for. You may get yeah. it. Uh, it's like the it's like the uh, the dog that chases the car and then gets it. <laughs> what do you What do you do then? You know, yeah. it's it's like he is he's it looks miserable, and, and you got to wonder whether he uh, will stay in the job. He just doesn't look like he's terribly pleased to be in the Capitol. Well, he can't catch a nap when they're doing all those hearings and stuff that, you know, look, I get it. When you're sick, I've been there before. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is sit and be coherent for, you know, eight or nine hours because you physically can't do it. You got to get that stamina, that strength back. Yeah. And when you do, then it's a whole different ball game. But a couple of more interesting. He's not even in the game. A couple of more interesting things. Uh, Washington Post, uh, you know, when George Floyd happened, right, they were all for defund the police. They, they were right. pushing that whole thing. Now they've had a change of, uh, of mind, change of – now there's, they're kind of – they're for hiring more police now. What does that say to you? That says you can't believe the Washington Post because they don't stand by what they really 
what they say. If if one month or one year they're saying defund the police, and the next year they're telling you get more police, we need the security. What what do they stand for? And uh, I thought that was amazing. Also, the mm-hmm. climate people. You'll never oh, yes. you'll never guess what they're going after now. Uh, the climate change cultists are now blaming global warming on rice fields. They want to cut back on the number of rice fields. Mind you that a large segment of the world lives basically on rice. Well, go tell that to the Chinese, the Japanese, and the Taiwanese. You know, they they love, that's a part of their staple. Well, they want you to change that. They want to get rid of it. They say that I think 10% of global emissions of methane, a gas that over two decades traps about 80 times as much heat as carbon dioxide, it comes from rice, they say. All right, now, so you got methane. Now, of course, obviously, there's a lot of things you can make with that, but, you know, you can make a fuel to burn. Of course you can. Methane's a gas, explosive gas. And my question is, where else can you find methane? Probably you, you can find it in mines. You know, if you go into a mine, yeah, methane, yeah, and you got to be very careful down in the mines because you get into yeah. a, a methane section and you can die quickly. Well, uh, you know, the, look at West Virginia. You look at the um, uh, the Kanawha Valley. Uh, Kanawha is, and I, if I got my history right there, mm-hmm. it's an Indian word for the Sick Valley because of all the coal that's you know under the mountains and the water gets, seeps down in there. And hits the coal and makes the methane. And, you know, people would be, you know, around the area. Not coal mining, but, but there's such a rich source of it there in the water. Right. You know, river. They called it the Sick Valley because the water would mix with the coal and produce a gas. You walk into the valley go, whoo. <laughs> I don't think you get away from methane. I guess that's what I was no. saying. Methane is out there. But all of a sudden, these climate enthusiasts, all right, they want to cut back on the number of rice fields, rice patties. They want to cut back on the production of rice because they want to eliminate that source of methane. Oh, gag me. I mean, how long are they... That was was like them wanting out in California to regulate the cow farts for a while. But, you know, uh, you want to regulate the gas that's spewing from, uh, you know... Some fossils. I think they wanted to put diapers. Didn't they want to put diapers on the cows or something? Yeah. <laughs> Some. Yeah. You go up to a cow pal and you put the diaper on it. Let's see how it works. Well, you out know what? Put a diaper yeah. on Schumer's mouth, Pelosi's mouth, and uh, Schiff's mouth. <laughs> well, that'd that'd work that'd save too. you a lot of gas. <laughs> exactly. Hey, listen, yeah. friends. If you want to contact us, we are at eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com. There's also mail at crnamerica.com. So you can get to us any way you, uh, you so desire. We do uh, encourage you to write uh, or uh, at least, you know, give a call. Hey, give a message. And we got to thank you. We, now's a good time. We have listeners all over the globe now. Bill was uh, looking at uh, a, a little uh, map of where... We're being downloaded, and he he was kind of amazed last week. China, some other countries. Oh yeah, there, there's not a there is not a place that that has a flag that doesn't have listeners for us. So, just anywhere in the world, there there's somebody that listens. 
and we are so podcast. we are so appreciative. Really, we yeah. you, you have to understand something. Without you, we're just talking to ourselves. Okay, we really appreciate well, I do it. that anyway. Yeah, it's true. I do too. <laughs> I've been doing it for years. You are what makes us work. Do you know? I mean, yeah. and also we also know there are some people out there who listen to us who aren't necessarily uh, conservative, but they just don't want to. They want to hear the other side. That's okay too. We we like you being here, and we uh, we welcome you to be with us every day. Yeah, we, at the very least, it's uh, something you can yell at. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, and throw something at you, the radio. Just you, if you see me walking down the street, don't throw it at me. Exactly. You know, hey, I'll tell you, I got no hey, respect. Hey, you're the guy. No, yeah, the guy. You're the guy. Okay. I'll yeah. tell you, I went home. You my got something right here for I, you. I get no respect. I went home. My family and moved. I'll tell you, you know, you gotta love Rodney. Have a great day, folks. We'll see you tomorrow. Adios. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>